Ah, welcome, 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 ladies and oh, look at this hair. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. It's Rob Zagari, Rob Zagari Show. We are live. Yes, we are live once again from the, well, I would say, you know what? It, it, it's the greatest city for uh, a handful of people. Man, maybe not. Whatever. Los Angeles, California. If we can get rid of all of the unhinged left. We can get rid of all the unhinged left. Um, get a little e-verify. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, thin out the illegal herd a bit. Then uh, we'd be all right. But I'll tell you, I'd rather live here than somewhere where it's cold. I just hate the cold, but it's another story. All right. I'm watching CNN. Okay, we got it in the green room. And I'm doing the show prep. I'm, you know, looking for some notes and drinking my ninth cup of coffee. And I know we've talked about this throughout the campaign. So those of you who've been listening to this program for the last two years... We'll say, we've heard this bit before, but it never gets old. And that being, Donald Trump is a reality TV star. How did we get to the point where a reality TV star is our president? Or back then, a reality TV star running for president. I can't believe this. Politics is safe. Politics is... is, And the guy that moderated one of the most pivotal debates, debate number two, debate number two, remember, debate number two was the town hall debate, and Trump got the question, have you ever done anything? Two women that you referenced on that tape to be- remember that was the setup question. That was the setup for the cavalcade uh, come out and say yes, oh, Donald Trump, he did all these things to me. I mean, that was the pivotal. That was the coup de grace of debate, and of course. We're talking about moderator Anderson Cooper. And before we went on the air, CNN is doing a highlight reel of the past 10 years of him and Kathy Griffin hosting the New Year's Eve ball drop. And it's showing all of the commercials that is leading up to the New Year's Eve ball drop. And people go, how did we get to this point where a reality thing? What are you talking about? Anderson Cooper is the personification. The personification of where politics has gone. This is a guy that's responsible 
for the pivotal presidential debate, and he's sitting there talking about Kathy Griffin's boobs. They're talking about filleting people. I mean, it's just it's Kennedy. He's a debate moderator. And, of course, throughout the campaign, primaries and presidential, he's the go-to guy for CNN. During the primary debates and other town halls. And if you go to CNN now, at least on the West Coast, it's the life and times of Anderson Cooper and his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt. Are you kidding me? It's not Walter Cronkite. This guy does a a one-man show with Andy Cohen, the creator of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of South Central, Real Housewives of wherever. And he's modern. And, like, this is a guy that's sitting down with the future leader of the most powerful country in the world. And he's talking about doing man pyramids with Andy Cohen. And people go, how did our politics get to this? How did we, a reality, what do you, stop, just stop, just stop, reality TV, just stop, Jesus. But I just had to throw that in there. I, I, I mean, I, I literally had to put my pen down. Yes, I still use a pen when I'm taking notes. I literally had to put my pen down and watch this highlight reel. And the person that segued this bit is Jim Shudo, another serious journalist. I'm Jim Shudo. Donald Trump seems to be working with the Russians against the United States. I'm Jim. And now let's see Anderson Cooper and Kathy Griffith talk about their boobs. Talk. How did we get to this point? How did we get to this point? Just stop. Just stop. Just stop. All right. So, is the Manchurian candidate serum, is, is, is it wearing off on Obama? Seriously, is it wearing off on him? I, I'm trying to figure out either he is a junk, like, okay, in the last five days. The behavior of this president is literally everything that the left says Donald Trump will be nonstop. Donald Trump is going to be the most erratic president in the world. If you take a look at his Twitter feeds and you look at the erratic behavior, this is what we got. He's going to blow up the world. Oh and in the last five days. Whether it's Israel or it's the sanctions with Russia, Obama 
is beyond erratic. Podcasts. I I, I would have beat Trump. I would have beat if I could run third. T- what? What do you? If I could run a third term, what? It's like not even in the realm of reality. And you're talking like it's in the realm of reality. Well, you know, I mobilized the people. I could. So what you're saying is Hillary Clinton was a horrible candidate, or was it Russian hacking, or was it fake news? What was it? I I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> talk about erratic behavior. It's like a junkie. It's like a it's like a crackhead that's been on the binger, been on the been on the sauce for eight years, and then finally agrees to go to rehab. And they're like, I, I you know what? I, I, I don't want to go today. Okay, I'm not gonna do it today. I'll do it in three weeks. And then they just for the next three weeks just drink and shoot dope and they just go nuts. They're, they're, they go nuts. They're like, I'm going out with a bang. I'm going out with a bang. Since I'm going to have to get clean, since I'm going to have to give it all up, let me just, just, just do as much as I can. It's either that or he's the ultimate Manchurian candidate. Remember, remember, listen, if I was a Democrat right now, I, w- I would be beyond livid at Obama. Remember when the big conspiracy theory was, you know, Donald Trump is really a Democrat and he's really doing this to get Hillary Clinton elected. This is his ultimate FU to all the Republicans that throughout the years never let him in their club. He would give them money. He would take them golfing. But at the end of the day, they would never embrace him. And behind his back, they would make fun of his hair and make fun of his small hands. So he's pulling this giant rouge on the Republican Party, that he's one of them. He's going to get the nomination. And then he's probably just going to drop out of the race and hand it over to Hillary Clinton and go, ah, see, that's my buddy. I've always been with them. I've always been close to them. Remember, that was the conspiracy for about a month. Even people like Rachel Maddow floated that. Talk about fake news. Rachel Maddow, I don't want to get sidetracked, but Rachel Maddow is the king of putting out rumor as if it's news, but by setting up that it's rumor. So she'll do a segment and go, now, I want to talk to you about a rumor that is going around. But I got to tell you. I wonder if deep down inside, Obama is not secretly a Republican. 
because everything, A, he's doing in the last five days, everything that he's been doing in the last eight years, close to eight years, has been destroying Democrats. I mean, by now you've all seen the reports. Legacy is Democrats losing something like a thousand seats, state, local, rather it's governorships, state legislatures, Senate, Congress. During the Obama reign, Democrats have lost more power than any time in the history of their party. They are at the weakest they ever have been. The weakest ever. This isn't right-wing talking points. This is legit. You know, with a few weeks left, people are starting to go, hmm, okay, let's start to examine. So you got that. You got Obamacare. That's really been a disaster. Sure, 20 million people, if, if you believe that number. But let's just play with it. 20 million people. Okay, 20 million people have insurance that otherwise wouldn't have had it. But that number is smashed. It, that number is smashed by people that have either had their premiums go up or individuals like myself who haven't been able to buy insurance because of their wacky cutoffs. You can only buy it when the exchange opens. And I've done this segment on this program before. Even if you have money and you don't want Obamacare, you go, listen, I make uh, 85000 a year. I, I, I don't qualify for subsidies. I don't qualify for anything. I just need to buy insurance. I don't got insurance. I need to buy insurance. So let me buy insurance. Well, you can't. You have to wait until open enrollment. No, 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 no. I don't need it. So we've gone through this. So the 20 million people that have health coverage gets dwarfed by the millions and millions and millions of people that either couldn't buy it and had to go out of pocket for stuff like I have had to, or people... They got bills where they went, uh, I was paying 500 a month. Now I'm paying 900 a month. What the, what is this? So that whole legacy of look at all these people that got health insurance. Yeah, but you sacrificed 50, 60, 70, 80 million people in helping 20. That's not good. That's not a great legacy. To say I helped five while killing 30, that's, that, what the hell's that? That, that? that It's supposed to be the other way around. You're supposed to save 30 to sacrifice five. 
You're supposed to say we saved 30 and we only lost five. Oh, you're not supposed to say we saved five but sacrificed 30. That's effing retarded. It's not how it works. So that legacy, gone. Look at the Middle East. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But look at the Middle East. I mean, it's a disaster. I think to a bunch listen, I know liberals will never admit it, but I bet there's a lot of people that are sitting there going, you know, I guess in hindsight, the Bush-Iraq war wasn't that bad. Okay, we, you know, we, yeah, I know, we lost a couple thousand soldiers, but, but, Jesus, look where we are today. We're refighting wars that we lost soldiers in winning. Because let's face it, yeah, in the beginning, the Iraq war was horrible. Yes. And we were losing. Yes. But once we got our crap together, we won that war. At the end of the day... We controlled Iraq. At the end of the day, we controlled Afghanistan. At the end of the day, we had control over Pakistan in the sense that now Pakistan is controlled by the Taliban more than it ever has been before. All of those terror attacks that we're experiencing now and that we have in the past wasn't going on then. We didn't have people walking into nightclubs and slaughtering a hundred and some odd people. These didn't have that stuff going on. The logic of fighting them there so we don't have to fight them here, as much as we laughed at it, was pretty sane. If you look at it now, yeah, I guess the concept of fighting them in Iraq or fighting them in Afghanistan and having them have to commit all of their people and, of course, having programs here in America where we could make sure Stuff like San Bernardino and stuff like Pulse Nightclub didn't happen because when we investigated these people, when they were on the radar, we didn't let them go. We didn't let them go. We didn't investigate people and have interviews with them over the span of two, three months and walk away going, you know, there's something about them. Yes. But we don't really have anything to, to, to hold them or to monitor them. And if we do, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be looked at as being Islamophobic. Is it? We were like, listen, we know you're up to no good. 
We don't have the goods right now, but we will have the goods. So we're watching you. Sheikh Mohammed in his interrogations said that they had to alter things that they were doing because we were basically on to all of them. We instituted different programs and different protocols that made things difficult for them. So they had to change how they did stuff. So now you have Iraq. It's not stable. Syria, disaster. Libya, disaster. Yemen, I mean, you got disasters all over the Middle East, and we're nowhere in a position to negotiate and to sort anything out. Nothing. It's Russia. Russia's the big cheese over there. Russia's making all these deals. So at the end of the day, if there's anything to be gotten from any of this stuff, besides not having terrorist attacks and killing terrorists, but let's just say there's a, there's a, there's a couple bucks on the table. We're not getting it. There's a barrel of oil anywhere. Whatever. We ain't getting nothing. And I guarantee you, Russia's not doing what they're doing over there out of the goodness of their heart. Oh, we just, we're just doing this because we really care. I guarantee you, there's something to be gained. Aside from influence and having control over some of these areas, rather it's military bases oil, money. They're not doing it for nothing. So that entire area, gone. Whose fault? Obama. Our ties with Russia, gone. Whose fault? Obama. Look at Israel. Look at that disaster. Three weeks before he leaves office and he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, we're going to let this resolution go through. I'm going to have my secretary of state call the Jews a bunch of (laughs) murderers and animals. I mean, that's what you're basically saying. You're basically saying, hey, listen, you're putting up settlements, so... Anything the Palestinians do to you is justified. A house? Putting up a house? Land? Okay, sure. So if you're a Democrat, you're sitting there going, what is this guy doing to us? (laughs) 
What is this guy? Are you sure he's on our side? Are you sure this guy's a, yeah, 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 he's one of us. Really? Brexit? Hey, think about Brexit. Obama camping, oh, no, don't leave, don't leave, yeah. I mean, people, people over in Britain basically looked at Britain and, and, and looked at their situation and looked at Obama, looked at the United States, and looked at what we were going through and basically tied Obama and that administration, Democrats, in with their current administration. I mean, Brexit, historic. Absolutely historic. And whose watch? Remember, the thing with being a president is it's all on your watch. So Clinton gets credit for millions and millions and millions of new jobs. Historic number of jobs. Well, he also happened to be the benefactor of the tech boom. So technically, whoever president would have benefited from the internet and iPhones and uh, the digital age, you know, let's face it. Happened on his watch. So here we are. And what the watch of Obama Brexit. So, As far as overseas, it's been a disaster. Syria, Crimea, I I mean, just a disaster. Iraq, Iran. I think about that. When people say, well, you know, Trump, what Trump did with Taiwan, that goes against protocol. Well, think about what Obama did with Cuba. Talk about protocol. How about 50 years of protocol? What about Iran? I mean, Iran has been on the the crap list 80 to 90, 90 to 2000, what? 36 years, almost 37 years. Iran has been the axis of evil for almost 40 years. And in one fall swoop, Obama gives them billions of dollars. Let's them have a nuclear program in 10 years. I mean, when people go, well, he stopped us from going to war. What's going to war? What do you mean going to war? All we do is we green light Israel. Israel drops some bombs on their 
nuclear facilities. What are you talking about? You don't want to get Israel involved. We do it. We could have done this three years ago. Nobody would have given us grief. Who's going to give us grief? Remember, the ties that Russia and Iran have today are not the same ties they had three, four, five years ago. All of these countries coming together and giving each other reach-arounds has just happened in the last two years, two and a half years, under Obama. I mean, this guy's been a disaster. He, he has. We've talked about this uh, countless times. If you're only going to judge a presidency based on stock market performance and unemployment, fine. You got, you got us. You, you got us. Awesome. Low unemployment and a stock market that's at 19000 Okay, but if you put that aside, there's nothing positive. There really isn't anything positive. So if you're a Democrat, you're sitting there going, okay, in a span of eight years, our leader, the leader of our party, has destroyed All of these things as far as Russia, Iran, all the things I list. Domestically, we've lost over a thousand state, federal, local, little towns, seats, governorships. Mayorships, whatever the hell you want to call it. And domestically, as it pertains to, say, race, we are worse today as far as race than we were eight years ago. We weren't in this weird racial position. Under the Bush administration, we weren't. So is Obama really a secret Republican? Remember what the media, remember the left, remember what they said? Donald Trump is going to destroy the Republican Party. The Republican Party may never recover. They may go away just like the Whigs went away. And here we all are looking at the Obama presidency and seriously going, are the Democrats, are they ever, ever, 
going to rebound? Are they ever going to be the same again? Are you going to say that it's just the vessel? The message is fine? I know, you know, because the media is controlled by the left and you can't watch, you know, half-hour comedy shows or late-night talk shows. You, you, you can't do anything as far as the media without being blasted with a left-wing agenda. So in turn, you think the entire country is ideology, ide, uh, the ideology of the left. I get that. So is the concept, oh, well, in four years, we'll just have a new face, a Cory Booker or a Elizabeth Warren. And them saying the same things that Hillary and Bernie said, this time we'll get them elected because everybody likes those ideas. Everybody likes those policies. Everybody likes the concept of the rich need to pay their fair share. We're sick of the rich uh, uh, and the system for the rich. The ri- it's like that, that mantra has been used by Democrats year after year after year after year. And Hillary Clinton used it ad nauseum. At nauseum. And I think this time around, people said, listen, you've been telling us the same crap. You've been telling us the same crap. Either all of these things you're saying are bullshit, or, or you just don't know how to change these things, which in turn, why should we vote for you if you've been saying the same things year after year after year after year, but you haven't fixed any of it? I mean, not to get on Bernie Sanders or Bernie Sanders supporters because this is about Obama and being the most erratic president in modern history and I and I do believe that you don't do what Obama has done in the last 5 days with only 3 weeks left in your term you just don't do it it's it's just insanity. But all of the Bernie Sanders supporters and Bernie Sanders himself, the guy, the stuff that he was saying should have been fixed, should should have been rectified. The guy's been in government all of his life. 
guy's been a senator for uh, 20 years, something like that, 15. I, I don't even know how long. He's just been there forever. He should have fixed the things that he was talking about. He should have had a seat at the table. But he didn't. It's all fantasy. It's all made up liberal crap. And I told you before, I used to buy into it. I think when you're young, you buy into it easier than when you're older. Because when you're young, you're influenced more by the media. And you're influenced more by institutions that are chock full of liberal elites. And as you get older, and your priorities, and your habits, and things of that nature uh, skew away from pop culture trends and things of that nature, you start to get away from this liberal bubble. And you start seeing how the real world is. And you start forming real opinions. Just my thoughts. But if I'm a Democrat, I'm wondering who exactly Obama is. Foreign policy, disaster. Domestically, a disaster. Rather, it's race. Social issues, uh, you know, abortion. I mean, just everything is just so far left. You know, maybe the Democrats, maybe the liberals, may, may, maybe they'll finally go, you know, this is Obama's fault. This is Obama's fault. For eight years, this country has been under the reign of Obama. And they didn't just vote for a little change. They didn't just do a little course correction. They did a drastic course correction. At some point, the Democrats have to go, hey... Obama caused this. You guys got to stop with this. Well, look at his approval rate. It's the highest approval rating. Listen, just because somebody goes, I like him as a person. I like watching him talk to Jimmy Fallon. I like watching him 
with Zach Galifianakis in between two ferns, whatever the hell you call it. I like him. I don't like his policies. I don't like what's going on in the country. It's kind of like looking at a girl or looking at a guy, depending on who I'm giving this example to, and saying, oh, my God, that person is stunningly gorgeous. That person is stunningly handsome. That, that person is unbelievable. I, w- I would love to have sex with that person. I don't want to marry that person. I don't want to spend any more time with that person than it takes for me to organism. I don't want that person to speak. I just want that person to do what I want, which is sex. That's very, very similar to how people feel about Obama. So when somebody goes, you know, all of this is Obama's fault. Hey, liberal douchebag on CNN. You got nobody to blame except yourself. What are you talking about? Obama's approval ratings? No, 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 no. Yeah. The approval ratings of somebody that someone wants to hang out with, have sex with. But anything beyond that, it's in the crap house. Because when you break down Obama's, Obama's, <laughs> when you break down Obama's job numbers, how do you feel the president is doing with the Middle East? How do you think the president is doing with race relations? How do you think the president is doing, well, you know, with the economy? How do you, that's why, and, and listen, a lot of these, we'll talk about polls. We, we all know how polls are, but. Put that on the shelf for a minute. That's why all of these public uh, approval rating talking heads. Oh, well, look at the the, the, look at him. People like him more than they like Donald Trump. What do you got people? That's why these polling places, the Bloomberg's or the CNN's aren't touting out individual approval polls because if they did that they would show up like they did a few months ago a few months ago that's why you don't see him anymore because a few months ago they did a poll and said well how do you feel about the economy how do you feel about the middle east how do you feel about terrorism how do you but and every single one of those things obama failed and it made everybody on all the talk shows everybody on the New York Times and the Amazon made everybody have to go when somebody would talk about it because they couldn't answer it. They they, they didn't know how to go, well, uh, yeah, 
He has a 58% approval rating, but he gets failing grades on how he's handled the economy, terrorism, race, the Middle East. And then they go trying to explain that. So they've done away individual performances. And it's just, well, it's not Obama's fault. Obama, it's not his fault. His approval rating is 58%. It's the highest approval rate. So it's not his fault. What do you mean it's not his fault? The American people. Whoa, Hillary Clinton got more votes. It's not how we judge and pick our president. So the American people said for the last eight years, where we are going as a nation sucks. Remember, guys, all of my liberal friends, if Donald Trump is so bad and the Republican ideas are so bad and liberal ideas, liberalism is awesome and Hillary Clinton is awesome, Hillary Clinton would have won an electoral landslide and the popular vote would have been comical. It would have been something like a hundred million to like twenty two million. So like seriously. It wouldn't have been two point eight million votes and we wouldn't have been able to pick California or New York and go, come on. If you balance the numbers, don't even take the state out. Just balance out the numbers. She loses. And what I mean by balancing out the numbers, we've said it before, we'll say it again. When you've handcrafted a state going back 20 years ago, The payoff is what California is today. Because there's no way in God's green earth if you're an anchor baby or have any attachment to somebody who's here illegally or came here illegally or benefited in any way from Democrats and their open border policies in the past 20 years, you're not going to vote for somebody who says you're going to be deported. Someone you know is going to be deported. You have to come here legally. You have to abide by the law. So Obama's agenda was rejected. He was rejected. So I go back to the original premise of this segment. Is Obama a junkie? Is his mind operating as that of a junkie who after eight years is on that bender because he's going to rehab in three weeks? He's going to be as erratic as humanly possible 
and do the most insane things to possibly do as much damage to himself and in turn the Democrat Party as he possibly can. Is he a Manchurian candidate in a way that he doesn't like Democrats? He's always been somewhat of a radical inside. And ultimately, this was a way to destroy the Democrat Party literally blow it up to where it ends with Obama. And so in turn, throughout these eight years, he's done everything in his power to destroy the party. And I've given the list, both foreign and domestic, And now he's got three weeks to finalize the destruction. Because that sure seems where we're going. So Rob Zakari Show, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after these fascinating words from our good friend, Baked Alaska. Yes, the controversial Baked Alaska. When we get back, I want to talk about... The baked Alaska controversy, the Milo Yankapalopsbips. I never say his last name right. The last and their new freak out. So when we get back, we'll uh, dive into all this stuff. It's Rob Zakari, it's Rob Zakari Show. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Great. 
Guys, you can follow us on Twitter. You can also um, follow us on Facebook. Yes, you follow us on Facebook. What is our Twitter feed? I'm going to give it to you guys. It's Twitter slash Rob Zakari Show. Twitter slash Rob Zakari show. Twitter slash Rob Zakari show. That is our feed. So go there, follow us. I think you guys, uh, I think you guys will like the program. Also, you can uh, follow us on Facebook. Yes. Facebook. Probably don't do as much uh, Facebook promoting as I should, but um, you can find Facebook. And over on uh, Facebook, uh, it is Rob Zakari Show. You know what? While we're sitting, I'm just going to write that. I know you guys are like, Rob, you don't know. I, I do know this stuff, okay? I, I do know this stuff, but I always seem to forget if it's the or if it's uh, just Rob Zakari show. So it's just Rob Zakari show. All right. <laughs> All right. So the left, okay, um, the left is unhinged once again, okay? Uh, A blogger, and I always say his name wrong, Uh, Milo, yes, Milo, Uh, Yankovic, (laughs) Milo, Yankovic. Yes, I know it's Yana Papalos. Uh, he's on Breitbart. He's a writer, blogger. Uh, I never knew who he was until about a year ago. Uh, we've had this conversation on the show. I was never a um, a Breitbart follower. I never. Um, knew what the hell Breitbart was. I got into Breitbart about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. And I've never um, been away from it, I guess you could say. I, 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 in the morning when I wake up, I, I do my kind of show prep or whatever the hell you want to call it. 
And Breitbart is that first site I go to. I, I never knew there was a site. Yes, I always knew there was, you know, your daily callers or your um, the hills or the gateway pundits. But I never knew there was a credible, um, legit alternative to, say, CNN. And I'm not saying... The Daily Caller is not legit. I love the Daily Caller. I think it's a, it's a, it's a great site. But um, Breitbart is no joke. I, I mean, Breitbart literally answers CNN and MSNBC. So when they put out uh, a, a, a fake news story, Breitbart is there to pounce. They are there to correct the record. They are there to... Make sure that the BS that the CNNs and the MSNBCs and ABCs are spinning uh, doesn't go unanswered. So I never knew this. Now, Milo is a writer on that site. And during the um, whole alt-right Hillary Clinton, MSNBC, CNN, flublub. That's what I call it, the flublub. You know, when Rachel Maddow is doing a 25-minute bit on how uh, Pepe the Frog came into uh, creation and, 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 you know, the alt-right. And it just uh, stuff, again... As silly as it sounds, I never knew what the alt-right was. I, I didn't know there was a definition for somebody who leaned Republican but wasn't a big fan of Lindsey Graham and John McCain. So I, I didn't know this. I, I didn't know that the right had all these groups like the left does. You're a Democrat, you're a liberal, you're a progressive, you're a Democrat socialist. I, so I didn't know any of this stuff. But during that time, when Rachel Maddow and the rest of them would talk about the alt-right and Breitbart and say, look at these articles. Uh, Birth control makes women crazy. And they would list these articles on Breitbart as being examples of the alt-right and racist and, and, and sexist. Well, a good portion of those articles were articles about Milo. Somebody who calls himself the dangerous faggot and does tours and calls the tours the dangerous faggot tour. And these articles that he has written are basically no different than a Lena Dunham saying she wishes she had an abortion or... Sarah Silverman 
talking about how she would have killed Christ if she was around back in biblical times. Basically, Milo is not some serious politician that's controlling a billion-dollar budget or whatever the hell, <laughs> you know, uh, you would you, you would classify these things as making policy and affecting everyday mom-pa lives with roads and bridges. I mean, he, he's, he's a provocateur. He's a political, and I call him a political comedian political satirist. That's what I like to call myself. And that's what he is. But the left tried to paint him as this policy-making, right-wing, Nazi-loving lunatic. And yet, the left has no problem with the Louis C.K.'s or the Sarah Silvermans or the Lena Dunham's, Chelsea Handler's, Rosie O'Donnell's, Whoopi Goldberg's, saying things and writing articles that are just as edgy and controversial as Milo. No different. But because it's somebody on the right, it is like, oh my God, five-year-old kids are being raped. Women are being tortured and, and ha- I mean, you know, just, just think of the most extreme examples of gravity and destruction of humanity. And that's how the left acts when someone on the right does something that the left does on a regular basis. I mean, I remember a couple of months ago, Jesse Waters, the Bill O'Reilly guy, was out in Chinatown interviewing people and, 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 and basically doing shtick, asking them, do you know Kung Fu? Do you know? Doing shtick. And of course, the left talked about how it was racist and Jesse Waters is disgusting. So he's doing comedy. He he's doing racial comedy. No different again than the Schumers, Saturday Night Live. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Milo just got a book deal. Now, there was controversy a few months ago when 
he was banned from Twitter because he wrote an essay about Ghostbusters and Leslie Jones. And of course, the left said he was a bully and he was harassing her. But again, what he did was no different than what he does on a regular basis. He basically wrote a review of Ghostbusters. It talked about the meaning behind the whole all-woman cast. It was a edgy takedown of the Hollywood elite. Something that the left does on a regular basis to anyone that they disagree with. So, uh, Milo got a book deal. Milo got a book deal with Simon & Schuster. Yes, Simon & Schuster. And their imprint called Threshold Editions, which is the conservative wing. It's the wing that puts out um, Limbaugh and people like that. Right wing, the conservative of the book creators. Now, here's the amusing part, the ironic part, as usual part. The left is outraged to the point of saying, Simon and Schuster, we don't want you to put out that book. We don't want you to put out that book. Yes, us on the left, who for a year talked about Donald Trump being a Nazi. Remember Stephen Colbert famously doing the bit on the late show where he basically put the swath sticker or the swath sign on a chalkboard and said, Trump. And remember, the whole Trump is going to open up libel laws against the press. He's going to go after the press. We, if Donald Trump is elected, 
they're going to be living in a communist, in a dictator, in a regime that is uh, going to resemble something like the Third Reich. And here we are. Rather, it's fake news sites that the left says need to be stopped. Need to have legislation. Need Congress to make a law policing speech that is deemed fake by one side. Because remember, ultimately, someone has to be the judge of what is fake news. And of course, the people that are the judge of fake news are leftist websites, leftist organizations. So it started with fake news. We are going to prohibit fake news. Well, what's fake news? Well, we'll tell you what fake news is. Well, how do you know? Well, because the news will come out. We will then decide if it's fake. Then we will tell you it's fake. And then we will prohibit it from getting out to the public. Hmm. Wow, that seems kind of Nazi-like. No, because it's us. It's the left. Not Nazi-ish. We're the ones that love gay people. We're the ones that love Muslims. We're the ones that love illegals. We're the ones that love Bruce Jenner. I mean, Caitlyn Jenner. We're not bad people. And now you have outrage from the left because somebody on the right, a Provocateur I mean guys Let's not forget Bill Maher Is about as edgy Like literally As edgy As you could possibly Get As far as the left is I mean I don't know who is Edgier than Bill Maher I mean, Bill Mars pretty edgy. His writings, his show. I mean, how does Milo differ from Bill Maher? See, the left is 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 rich as it pertains to free speech. 
and ideas and programming and, and things of that nature that they approve of. So Bill Maher could be as edgy as edge can be. He can make the Trevor Noahs and uh, uh, the Colbert's. I when when Bill Maher's talking about voting for Hillary Clinton, even if it came out that Hillary Clinton killed John Bonet over Donald Trump. Again, you want to talk about being edgy? I mean, listen, and I applaud Bill Maher on this aspect, but if it wasn't for the fact that he is the less golden child of conservative bashing and I mean, the the firebrand provocateur that he... If it wasn't for that, they would crucify him as far as his position on Islam and Muslims. For his position on Islam and Muslims, I applaud him. Because he is as, you know, on the right as you can be as it pertains to Muslims and Islam. I mean, just Google the Ben Affleck... Uh, Bill Maher dust up. I mean, Ben Affleck looked like he was going to cry. He was so upset with Bill Maher. And the only reason Bill Maher gets a pass is because he's so vicious against the right on everything else. And, of course, he gives Democrats millions of dollars. I mean, he gave Obama a million dollars. Dollars. I mean, that's serious cash. You know, the left loves to talk about all these millionaires and billionaires that the Republican Party is part of, and they blah, 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 blah. Hollywood, that's all it is, is millionaires and billionaires. I mean, that, that gets downplayed. Like, I, I mean, you got people on the left throwing $100,000 plate dinners. And somehow the Republican Party is the party of millionaires and billionaires. Mind-boggling. It's because the left, the media, they're, they're able, because they go hand-in-hand. Hand, they're able to control that message. So Milo has a book. Well, it's not out, but Simon Schuster is going to put out a book. And you have people calling for boycotts of Simon and Schuster products. Literally, you 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 have people calling for boycotts. You have book clubs like the Chicago uh, Review of Books says it will not review a single Simon & Schuster title, 2017, in protest of the book 
that is going to come out. Listen, do bookstores have mind comps? Seriously, can I buy a copy of Mind Comp and Borders? Can I find books in Borders in the wavelength of Mind Comp? Can I find books? By, say, Huey Newton, people in the Black Panthers. I mean, listen, I always thought, as it pertains to books, practically everything was a 100% go. Meaning, movies, you could still play with obscenity. You, you know, you could, you, you, ratings, that's G, that's PG, that's PG-13, that's X-rated. If the book has pictures, nudity, obscenity, pornography, I always thought book. No pictures, just a book. Just two, three, four, five hundred pages of words was that last bastion of pure freedom. Banning books, burning books, boycotting people who have books. I mean, think about those libraries that have banned certain books. Rather, it was Catcher in the Rye or to Kill a Mockingbird because of its content and the outrage from the left. Outrage. How can so, because these are uh, literature works of art and how can we then travel down a path of, 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 of banning books? It's a book. If you don't want to read the book, you don't buy the book. If you, yeah. And here we are. Rather, it's fake news sites or now Milo. Yankabobloplets, who's a right-wing provocateur, writing a book, and the left becoming unhinged to the point where you have book club review. I mean... Chicago Review of Books. I'm not saying they are, uh, you know, the New York Times bestsellers. Uh, but Chicago Review of Books. Chicago, they, book, they're reviewing books. 
their, their, their livelihood is books. The same livelihood that centered around the whole first they came and they 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 got the blacks and I didn't say anything. Then they came and got uh, Mexican. You know the whole little. Then they came for me and there was no one left to stop them. The whole Nazi book burning. The Chicago Review of Books, the Review of Books, Chicago. Okay, we are we we are an organization that reviews books. Books, and we don't like that book so much. That we're going to boycott because of the words that are in that book. If that doesn't, as Jake Tapper famously coined the phrase, textbook definition of Nazism. If if that's not the textbook definition... Of Nazi Germany and book burning, then I don't know what is. It's an organization that is built around reviewing books. And I bet you, I bet you, at some point you could find a reviewer. Or somebody associated with the Chicago Review of Books who have reviewed Mein Kampf or a book similar. It's just amazing. It's amazing. And again, this isn't the first time. Remember Duck Dynasty? You remember Duck Dynasty and I think it was Phil Roberts when he did his little interview where he talked about his religion, he talked about his faith, and he talked about homosexuality. If I recall, in the interview, he didn't say, I hate faggots. I want faggots to die. I would like to kill faggots. I hope they all die of faggot AIDS. Faggot, faggot, faggot. I don't recall him saying that stuff. Don't recall him saying that stuff. It was the basic, I am a Christian, to get, you know, the, the I believe the one man, you know, the, the whole mantra of hardcore religious people. Whether you agree with them or not, okay. But at the end of the day, we're going to ban cracker, uh, we're going to boycott Cracker Barrel. 
We're we're gonna demand A and E pull the the show. We're gonna demand. Because we on the left do not like his principles. So we're back to the principles. Remember, I have principles. I don't like Donald Trump. He violates my principles. So I refuse to do X, Y, Z. You can't force me to dance at his inauguration because that's violating my principles. So again, This isn't new for the left. This is what they do. Oh, we're going to boycott. We don't like what you said. So now we're talking about a book. A book. A book that hasn't even come out yet. How's that? I I, I bet you the Chicago... Review of books has no problem with romance novels like Fifty Shades of Grey, where it talks about anal sex, uh, forced rape. I, I think that's a redundant word, but I guarantee you the Chicago Review of Books, like I said, have reviewed their fair share. Of books from Mein Kampf all the way down to a Fifty Shades of Grey and everything in between. And yet, Milo's book is so offensive, so way outside of Mein Kampf and Fifty Shades of Grey. That they can't even bear to read the book. They can't even bear to read the book. I mean, no matter how you feel about somebody's views, No matter how you feel about somebody's views, to say that person's views should be banned, let's just say, for the sake of argument, let's go to the let's go to the far, far extreme. Let's just play in to some liberal talking heads. Let's just play into this. Let's say Milo is a white supremacist to the 90th degree. Okay? How do you say his speech should be censored? How do you say that? How do you say that? Because you disagree with white supremacist speech. 
you yourself disagrees with white supremacist speech, it should be banned? Are you kidding me? Yourself does not like white supremacist speech. You do not like white supremacist books. Don't buy the book. Don't read the book. And if that book is disgusting and it's deplorable and it's full of hate and it's atrocious, it will not sell. It will die. That was always what made our whole country great. And that was the whole free speech. The whole horrible bad speech. Disgusting speech. Evil speech. Has to be just as protected as the wonderful, happy, frilly, uplifting speech. Because that's easy. It's easy to protect speech that is talking about rainbows, unicorns, and butterflies. That's easy. That's what they call no-brainer. It's the speech that talks about hating people, child rape, Nambla, Ku Klux Klan-loving hillbilly mountain men. I don't know. Pick the worst of the worst. Create words. Create pages to read. And then say protect this. Again, where we are as a country and this whole communism and 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 Nazism and Donald Trump is ushering this new country. Listen, it's not Donald Trump that's ushering in this new country and this new liberals, Democrats. To say you should be banned, you should be stifled, you should be censored. Because the things you're saying I don't agree with, that's Nazi Germany, man. 
It ain't somebody saying, hey, if you're here in this country illegally, you should be deported. That's not Nazi Germany. That's not Nazi Germany. I'm sorry, guys. Not letting the press go with you to dinner is not Nazi Germany. Not letting the press travel in your private plane is not Nazi Germany, guys. What Nazi Germany is, is a bookstore, is a book reviewer. People that are in the authoring business saying that book should be banned. The words that are in that book should be banned, should be outlawed. I don't like the things you're saying, so in turn, you should not be allowed to say them. That article that you're referencing is fake. Well, how do you know it's fake? Because I say it's fake. So in turn, you need to delete that article. Guys, we've been going toward this whole communist Nazi place long before Donald Trump came on the scene. Oh, you're wearing that Halloween costume? Well, that offends this person. You're a racist. You're a bigot. No, I mean, it's a costume of, a, of, a, of an Indian. Well, that's racist. That We've been going through this long before Donald Trump. Like I said in our first segment, this is the stuff that gave us Trump. This is the stuff that the left has pushed for eight years. That's had people that wouldn't have voted for Trump vote for Trump because they're sick of being told they're a racist. They're being sick. They're they're, they're sick and tired of being told, hey, you can't read that. The left has been taking us to this point for years. College campuses and the fact that kids, children, can't voice an opinion that's different than the other 25 people that are in his classroom, including the teacher. And if he voices that opinion, he'll be shouted down. He'll be called names. To coin the popular liberal term, bully. He'll be bullied. College is supposed to... The whole concept of being at the last place that you're allowed to raise your hand and go, "Uh, I totally disagree with all of you. Here's uh, 
my opinion. Here's what I think. And everybody respectfully listens and goes, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting concept, Major. Very interesting concept. Okay. Well, class, let's move on. That's supposed to be that last. That's it. Because once you leave college and you get into the real world, and you're working at a bank, or you're working at McDonald's, or you're working at, oh, God, the DA's office, wherever. There is no thinking for yourself, so to speak. The company puts a set of rules in place. The organization, the football team, the baseball, whoever, and says, here's what you think. Here's how you act. These are all the things that you got to do. If you don't, you're fired. Oh, you had an opinion in college? You had your own way of doing things in college? Well, guess what? This is the major leagues. This is the real world. This is how we do things at Bank of America. You wear a suit, put on a tie, effing hair, take the nose ring out, When someone comes to your window, you say, hi, how are you? May I help you? You don't say, what's up, bro? So the left has been doing this. They've been stripping away freedom for the last eight years. And if Milo was Bill Maher, the left would be outraged. If Bill Maher wrote a book and you had Donald Trump, look at Donald Trump. Look at the outrage when he just tweets, hey, I think that Saturday Night Live skit was bad. I think it was our... The left goes unhinged. Oh, what is he trying to do? Is that that's so dangerous? So I could only imagine if a Bill Maher wrote a book, and and you had book clubs, and you have other people in the book world talking about the book should be banned, and the company that's putting the book out. Uh, should be boycotted. The left would be beside themselves. Calling the right the thought police. Scary stuff, man. Scary stuff. The outrage over a conservative's book. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We'll be right back. Yes, we will be right back after. Yes.
Rob's good. It's Rob's good. All right. So, uh, you want to hear something funny before I get into um, Russia real quick? I get these little um, news alerts. I get these little news alerts, and they're they're pretty pretty entertaining. So, I get this news alert it's from the Levine Briefing Notes, LBN. Levine Briefing Notes. I, I get this. They're good. Good stuff. So, come January 2017, a new baby will be born in the United States every eight seconds, and a person will die every 11 seconds. And every 33 seconds, a new uh, international immigrant, legal or otherwise, will be added to the population of the United States. When all the numbers are added up with the combination of births, deaths, and migration, our country's population will increase by one person every 17 seconds. These crunching stats come, the U- come from the U.S. Census Bureau's population projections for the coming new year. From world population to our own census data, from Connecticut The information offers a look at the makeup of our communities and how fast our population is changing. After the ball drops in Times Square, the U.S. population will be 324,310,011. This represents an increase of 2.2 million, or 0.70%. From New Year's Day in 2016. Ah, you like that? That's my uh, late breaking news from uh, Levine Briefing Notes. Levine Briefing Notes. You know, maybe I need to do something like this. Like a little news um, newsletter. Like, like the Zakari Briefing Notes. What do you think of that? The Zakari Briefing Notes. Think anybody will sign up for that? I don't know where I'll get the information, but I'll get it somewhere, damn it. All right, so we kind of talked about this in the beginning of the program, but it was more of a a general outline of how uh, Obama is unhinged. He is... um, Incredibly erratic. Rather, it's um, Israel and the Palestinians, or I can beat Trump if I run a third term, or now with the sanctions against Russia. Now, we didn't really break it down, but here's, in a nutshell, uh, what Obama put forth today. Now, remember, there's no evidence. Just, just, just like no evidence. And I think it's funny when you hear, again, the left, the media, screaming and yelling about Benjamin Netanyahu 
and the Israelis talking about evidence, and they have proof that the Obama administration was behind this resolution. They, they, they have overwhelming proof. And yet, the Don Lemons and the Jim Shudos and the, you know, the Papi Harlows, everybody on the left goes, so what's the evidence? Why won't you give us the evidence? Where's the evidence? Don't you think you should present the evidence? And yet, as it pertains to Russia and Russian hacking, there's no evidence. The only thing you hear is, well, our intelligence uh, uh, or, you know, uh, uh, chiefs, uh, the FBI, the CIA, all these people, uh, they told us. Okay, we get it, but where's the evidence? Do you, do you have names? Do you have individuals? Can, can you give us a timeline? Can, can you tell us anything except the Russians did this? The Russians did this. No evidence. No, ev- no evidence. So, Obama came out today and said, hey, Syria? Ah. Not a big deal. Uh, Crimea? Nah, not a big deal. Years of hacking that we've known about for years. Nah, not a big deal. But now, oh, now, with three weeks left in my <laughs> in, in my, my term in office, oh, now we're going to do something. Again, erratic, unhinged, dangerous, the Mangerian candidate. I mean, the guy's effing nuts, man. Absolutely nuts. So uh, Obama came out and said, that there's going to be sanctions on four Russian individuals and five Russian entities. 35 Russian diplomats are to leave the country within 72 hours. 72 hours. These Russian diplomats will have to leave the United States. Uh, the individuals, and I can't even pronounce these names, uh, Evangelangli, Milopici, Bakaba, Alexia Balan, they're being sanctioned, even though they're already on the FBI's wanted list. Like, So Obama's sanctioning people that are already on a wanted list. The GRU and the FSB, which are two Russian intelligence services.
they're all sanctioned. And one of these groups uh, don't even operate uh, in the United States. I mean, it's very symbolic, uh, except for uh, the, uh, um, the diplomats that were ordered to leave. Because that's, you know, hey, jerk off. You got to pack your crap up and get out of here. But the other stuff is very symbolic. It's, it, it doesn't really mean anything. But even at the end of the day, the people that are forced to leave. Why didn't this happen a year ago? Why didn't this happen two years ago? Why didn't this happen three years ago? Why are we talking about these things three weeks before Obama leaves office? I mean, there's like serious issues that are going on in Syria and in uh, Gaza. I, I mean, you, you literally could say, hey, there, there's serious issues going on in these areas involving Russia and the, and the Palestinians and Israel. And none of those things were addressed for years. And now with three weeks left and his presidency, you have diplomats being expelled. You have uh, uh, guys that are already on the wanted list being sanctioned. Again, if we're talking about erratic... talking about being unhinged I would say Obama is a shining example of somebody that's acting unhinged and erratic three weeks three weeks where were these sanctions when Obama Went up to Putin and said, hey, I know what you're doing. I know you're doing this hacking stuff. Knock it off. Quit it. Remember when Obama said that? (laughs) Remember when Obama said months and months and months and months ago at the uh, summit, the, 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 the G2 summit, whatever the hell the G summit was, he goes, I told, uh, I, I told Putin, knock it off. Where were the sanctions then? Where were the sanctions then? And then on top of that, Republican uh, Rep. David or Devin Nunes, N-U-N-E-S, Nunes, 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 Nuns, the chairman of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. He came out and said, 
We've been urging President Obama for years to take strong action to deter Russia's worldwide aggression. He said, now with just a few weeks left, and I'm quoting, with a few weeks left in office, the president has suddenly decided that some stronger measures are, need, are indeed warranted. This kind of indecision and delay helps to explain why now, at the end of Obama's eight-year presidency, America's influence has collapsed among both our allies and our enemies. I'm not even on the permanent select committee of intelligence. And I said this. Now? It's just like Israel and and, and Kerry. Listen, two years ago, I think it was, you, you had the Gaza war, right? The little dust up. They had something like, uh, I don't know, 2,000 Palestinians killed. Remember, that, that, was a, that was a pretty big dust-up. Don't you think that what Obama did at the United Nations and then Kerry's speech should have been after the Gaza dust-up? Don't you think those actions could have been accepted. And I don't mean accepted where they were justified, but doing something where you go, all right, I don't necessarily agree with what just happened, but I understand it. I get it. Doesn't mean it's right, but I get it. Before the elect, uh, the 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 end of his presidency, he's all like, "Oh, we got to have sanctions against Israel." John Kerry's got to come out. Rah, 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 rah. Are, wh- wh- you guys, where were you two years ago? Same thing with Russia. All right, all of you diplomats, get out of our country. All right, sanctions against you. Say, hey, jerk off! Don't you think you should have done this two years ago? Don't you think maybe you should have done this when Russia invaded Crimea? Don't you think when they rolled into Crimea and said, hey, this is ours now. Don't you think maybe then you should have went, hey, diplomats, get out of here. Don't you think? (laughs) Don't you think maybe that's when you should have laid down the law with Russia? I mean, I know some of you laughed when, when I mentioned this before, but remember, we, we had the Olympics in Russia. We went. It used to be a big deal. Boycott the Olympics. If you were the United States and a country kind of pissed us off and we were against that country for whatever reason, they you know, violated human rights, whatever. And we boycott the Olympics. That was a big deal. 
That is a real. We didn't boycott the Olympics, and they're de- de- remember they were doing like Obama and, and a monkey or a banana. He's eating a banana. I mean, they they even mocked Obama in Russia. Three weeks before Obama's out of office, he's like sanctions. What are you? You got to be the biggest chump in the world. I, the typical liberal. The typical liberal. The typical liberal. It's like you got into a fight with someone, waited until their parents picked them up. The typical liberal child. Parents pick them up, and as the parent drives the person away that just beat the shit out of you, you start screaming, F you! F you! I kick your ass! And you're like, whoa! Where was this toughness when that person was in front of you? Oh, well, you know. Three weeks! Three weeks! This jerk-off's got in power. Three weeks. And Russia has been bending Obama over and sticking it in his keister for the last eight years. For the last eight years. I mean, listen, if you you want to be... Syria. We're, We're dropping chemical weapons. On people that that red line, remember the red line. Obama was like, "You cross this line, there's going to be hell to pay." And Assad was like, "Not only am I going to cross that line, jerk off, but I'm going to use chemical weapons." And after all of that, and Obama does nothing, Russia backs Assad's play. Russia is buddy buddy. With Assad. Where's the sanctions? Where's the sanctions? There's no what, what, no now there's sanctions. And on top of that, what's even funnier is a ceasefire was called today. And it was hammered out. Now who knows how long this is gonna go on. Don't be like tomorrow, ah oh, look, the ceasefire ended, Rob. But as of right now, there's a ceasefire that was orchestrated by Russia and Turkey. No United States, no John Kerry. The Secretary of State is supposed to be in the middle there. Nothing. Instead, he's calling out Israel, calling them a bunch of dirty dogs. And Obama's like, I ordered the diplomats to get out of our country. Like I said in the beginning of the show, it's like Obama is just doing everything in his power. Doing everything in his power. 
to destroy the Democrat Party and put Trump in a position, whether it's Israel and the Palestinians or the Russians, to have as much of a headache as he possibly can on day one. I mean, uh, you, you got those two, the boyfriend, the boyfriend and boyfriend, McCain and, and Graham. They're on their little world tour right now. Yes. Well, hey, jerk offs. Why were you not vocal on these sanctions to Russia a year ago? Two years, three years ago. Three years ago, there was no sanctions on Russia. Remember, guys, Crimea. That should have been enough. That, that, that's it. End of story. Crimea should have been enough. There was no Lindsey Graham. There was no John McCain. It's Rob Zuccari. It's Rob Zuccari. All right, listen to me, you guys. We're out of here. We're done. We're finished. You guys are the best. You guys rule. You guys are the greatest. You guys are, are, are the quintessential, most awesome audience in the history of audiences, okay? You can't get better than all of you who listen to the program. We're going to see you guys tomorrow. Don't forget, go to the Facebook, Rob Zuccari Show. Uh, don't forget, go to um, Twitter, Rob Zuccari Show. Go there, damn it. Go there. We'll see you guys tomorrow. You guys rule.